Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, ABG listeners. It is Mel. Before we start today's episode, I want to share some very exciting news. ABG is turning five this September. Five years old. That's so crazy. And we want to celebrate with you all in the city where it all started, Los Angeles. So if you're in the area, we'd love for you to join us for our happy hour social event on September 16th on Friday. Join us for a night of drinks themed after our episodes, our whole team, light bites, and a bunch of ABG listeners. Make new friends, say hi to us, take photos, and just join us to celebrate our fifth birthday. Um, For more information, check our show notes. Can't wait to see you all there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Living Well with Janet, where we explore different health and wellness topics to enrich our ever-evolving personal practices. I'm your host, Janet. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about plant-based or plant-forward eating, which is a style of eating that I've practiced for over 10 years now. Because I have a lot of friends who are not plant-based and am often around many different types of people with many different food preferences, whenever the topic of a plant-based or largely vegetarian diet comes up, I am often asked questions like, oh, so what is it that you do eat? Or how do you eat? Or the ever-popular... How do you manage the social aspect of practicing a plant-based or plant-forward diet when your friends don't eat that way? So today, I want to focus on what it's like to be a plant-based eater when most of your friends are carnivores. If you're currently a meat eater who is plant-curious, I'm hoping this episode can offer some helpful tips and inspiration. And if you're a longtime plant-based eater, I'm curious if your experiences have been similar with my own and what other tips you might have that we can share with each other. I am not a trained or licensed nutritionist, nothing I share in this episode is formal health or medical advice, but instead, my personal experiences given my particular health situation. Before we continue, here is a quote for you to simmer on. The belly rules the mind, is a Spanish proverb. Think about in what ways your belly rules your mind. And I'm not talking about the mind-gut connection or how our microbiome affects our brain chemistry, but on a very basic and simple level. 
How does the food that you choose to put into your body make you feel, think, and experience? Let's start with the basics. What is a plant-based eating style? According to the Harvard Health blog at Harvard Medical School, plant-based or plant-forward eating patterns focus on foods primarily from plants. This includes not only fruits and vegetables, but also nuts, seeds, oils, whole grains, legumes, and beans. It does not mean that you are vegetarian or vegan and never eat meat or dairy. Rather, you are proportionately choosing more of your foods from plant sources. This means that I generally make about 70 to 80% of my meals focused on whole plant-based foods. The items that I listed before, fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, oils, whole grains, legumes, and beans. When it comes to seafood and eggs, I try to minimize my intake of them on a day-to-day basis, but will intentionally eat eggs and seafood a couple of times a month for the protein and omega-3 fats. In terms of dairy, I do eat it, but quite sparingly. Taste-wise, I prefer plant-based milk over animal milk, and I generally do not add cheese to my meals. Prior to this approach, I was a vegetarian for about four years, vegan for about a year, and raw vegan for about six months. Here are the reasons why I ultimately did not stick with any of those styles of eating. While trying out a raw vegan diet, I felt pretty mentally horrible. Though I had a lot of physical energy, I could not sleep well, and that caused me to develop a lot of anxiety and stress. In Chinese medicine food theory, eating too much raw foods, especially raw vegetables, which are usually cooling, will tend to build too much cold and dampness in the body. This was a concept that my Chinese mother repeated constantly to me when she witnessed me eating so much raw food. But at the time, Western food and nutrition trends centered around the benefits of raw living foods. With these conflicting approaches, I wanted to try it for myself to see the outcome. And well, after a couple of months of trying, I eventually hit that point of feeling really strung out and anxious and unable to sleep well. And when I started eating more cooked foods again, I noticed that I did feel better. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place for predominantly raw food diets. Even in Chinese medicine, there are certain cases like cancer or other extreme illnesses where it might be recommended. But for the everyday healthy person, a largely raw food diet is not recommended. Based on Chinese medicine food theory, when you eat cold raw food, your body needs to expend energy to bring the food to body temperature before it can begin digestion. This means that the stomach has to produce more hydrochloric acid, and if the stomach is doing this all the time, it will wear on your body's resources, essentially stressing out your body's resources. So based on my personal experience, I found that a raw food vegan eating style just is not sustainable. While practicing a general vegan diet with cooked food, I felt pretty physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy. But I found it hard on my social life. It took a lot of work and accommodating to eat out with friends who were not vegan. As a vegetarian, I did find that eating out with friends was actually pretty easy. But it put a strain on my relationship with my family. In Asian cultures, meals are often the ultimate way to bond with your family. Everyone being together, sharing the same dishes, eating the same foods. And Chinese cuisine often centers around meat. My parents were really concerned about me not eating any meat at all. This was just such a foreign concept to them, and they worried for my health. So even though I felt healthy on a vegetarian diet, for the peace of mind of my family, which ultimately affected my peace of mind, I reincorporated fish and seafood into my diet. 
And that's how I arrived at a diet that I've been eating for a while now, which is about 75% vegan, whole food based, and about 25% pescatarian. It's somewhat of a mix of plant-forward, pescatarian, and kind of like the Mediterranean diet. From my experience, I've concluded that it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing practice to reap the benefits of plant-forward styles of eating. Even one less meal with meat a week could make a difference. And in terms of the ethical and spiritual aspect, my opinion may be quite contentious, but I also believe that this does not have to be absolute. I believe the alleviation of some suffering and some death is better than not alleviating any of it at all. So how do you transition to a plant-based or plant-forward style of eating? The first tip that I always give is, instead of cutting out foods, add foods. Incorporate more vegetables into every plate at every meal. Even better if it's a variety of vegetables so you can really build up your palate and taste preferences and begin to crave vegetables. And especially focus on incorporating dark leafy greens and dense, substantial vegetables because they'll provide more fiber and make you feel full. Some of my favorites are broccoli, Brussels sprouts, kale, Swiss chard, collards, and spinach. Secondly, I'd recommend doing some research and using a nutrition guide to figure out just approximately how much protein, carbs, and fats you should be getting based on your specific gender, height, and weight. This is a great opportunity to learn more about what your personal nutritional needs are. A third tip that I have is to start slow and be creative with how you ease yourself into it. Maybe you start with just eating a couple more plant-based meals a week, or maybe it's just one day a week that you go meatless. Maybe it's one week a month. Or you can split it up another way and aim for 70% of the time eating plant-based and 30% the other time eating another way. Aside from providing these tips, I also want to address some popular concerns that I often hear when it comes to plant-based or plant-forward eating. One of the biggest concerns that newbies have is, will I get enough protein? What many don't realize is how little protein we actually need on a daily basis and just how easy it is to get because protein is actually available not just in animal-based foods, but also in certain vegetables and grains. According to the Mayo Clinic, most people in the U.S. meet or exceed their protein needs. Even athletes often get more protein than they need without supplements. In terms of plant-based protein sources, some of my personal favorites are, first and foremost, beans. This includes black beans, lentils, kidney beans, and soybeans. Secondly, seeds and nuts are another great source of protein. Some of my favorites include flaxseed meal, chia seeds, and quinoa, walnuts, almonds, pumpkin seeds, etc. Thirdly, of course, there's always tofu, and I love tofu, I really do, but I don't rely on it as a primary source of protein because it is still a processed food item. Another source of protein, which has become very popular nowadays, are non-animal-based meats or mock meats. With the gaining popularity of Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger and all of these other types of innovations in food, it's great for the environment and it's great for the ethics of it, but most of the time, those options generally do not tend to be the most healthy if they're your primary source of protein. So while I do enjoy eating mock meats every once in a while, I do it sparingly and I do not rely on them as a primary source of protein. Generally, they are not the healthiest because they often include high amounts of sodium or high amounts of sugar. And just the fact that they are a processed food makes them a less nutritionally complete option 
versus a whole food. Another popular concern that people often talk about is, will I feel full on a plant-forward diet? Here is how you can ensure that you'll feel fully satiated. Make sure that you add good fats to most, if not all, of your meals to fill you up. You can use things like olive oil, nuts, nut butters, seeds, avocados. Secondly, be sure to add whole grains to fill you up. Some of my favorites are oatmeal, quinoa, and when it comes to bread, I love going for sprouted bread. It's easier to digest and it's higher in certain nutrients as well. And it's just generally more filling than regular white bread or other types of bread, even compared to whole wheat bread. My personal favorite at the moment is Trader Joe's sprouted sourdough bread. So if you're a sourdough fan, I would recommend you check it out. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now that we've figured out what and how to eat plant-based or plant-forward, let's talk about the social component. How to manage eating out with friends who are not plant-based. My first recommendation is unfortunately one that I did not follow myself too often, but now I've learned to cherish, is to be proactive and prepared. If you are the sole person who is a plant-based eater in your group and everyone else generally enjoys eating meat, and if you're all going to go out and grab a meal together, be proactive and do some research. Come up with a couple of different options of restaurants that have foods that work for you, but also a good variety of foods that work for your meat-eating friends. People will appreciate and respect that you've put in some extra effort and be a lot more willing to accommodate. The second tip to eating out with friends who are not plant-based is to ask for substitutes. Now, I know that not all restaurants accommodate this, but many do. You can take meat-centered dishes or dishes that contain meat and ask to sub out with tofu. Or if the restaurant doesn't carry tofu, you can double up on some of the other items like beans or rice or potatoes or vegetables. Even with all of these different approaches, there probably will be some times where it's absolutely unavoidable and you have no say in where you choose to go for a meal and there's not going to be great plant-forward options. 
In cases like this, I find it helpful to eat a meal or a very substantial hearty snack before you meet up with everyone at the restaurant. And then while you're there, you can order an appetizer or lighter dish to snack on so that you can still participate with the group, but you won't be starving. Next, I'd like to talk about how to eat on dates when you are plant forward. I have found that it is always best to be upfront and direct. Literally, in my dating profile, I say, I eat mostly a plant-based diet, but I do not care if you eat meat. Now, there are some people out there who love eating meat and would find it very challenging to date someone who is mostly plant-based. I just want to be as upfront as I can so that we don't waste each other's time. So that's a tip for anyone that can make it a little easier so that you find and match with people who would be supportive of your eating habits. Secondly, when it comes to planning for dates, you can opt to look for happy hours where appetizers and small bites are more prominent versus, say, sitting down for a meal. Generally, when it comes to appetizers and you know, side dishes, there tend to be more plant-based or plant-forward options. A third social situation that I want to touch upon is how to eat with your family when your family is not vegetarian or plant-based, especially Asian families. As I shared before, I come from a Chinese-American home, and within Chinese culture, meat is very much of a big focus. It took my family a bit of time to adjust, but here are some of the tips that I have that work for us. Firstly, I have identified and made it very clear which of my parents' home-cooked dishes I really enjoy and work within my dietary preferences. So whenever I come home, there's always some circulation of these dishes that are at the table as options. The second recommendation I would have is to try hot pot. With Asian cuisine, hot pot is actually quite easy to prepare and it's very easy to make vegetarian friendly. Even more so when you do a split pot and you can reserve half for meat eaters of the family and half for vegetarians of the family. Outside of Chinese cuisine, I also deeply enjoy lots of other Asian cuisines. And here are some of the ways that I accommodate to a plant-forward way of eating with those cuisines. Firstly, within Vietnamese food, I love a good veggie pho. Now, I know that this is not always possible or offered as an option, and in cases where there is no veggie broth as an option, I will be okay with using a beef broth, and I just forgo adding any meat to the noodles. When it comes to Korean cuisine, I love bibimbap, and bibimbap is so easy to make plant-forward or plant-based. Additionally, kimbap. Veggie kimbaps are delicious, and also another way that you can get in a lot of plant-forward foods. In terms of Japanese foods, ramens and udons are great for plant-based eaters. Personally, I'm not the biggest fan of veggie rolls when it comes to sushi, but if that works for you, those are also great options. In conclusion, I hope this episode helps to advocate for a greater awareness around what you consume. I think it's important to just be mindful of what it is that you put into your body because it truly does affect not just your physical health, but also your mental, emotional health, your mood, your energy, everything. Remember, the belly rules the mind. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love if you leave a comment in our IG post with your favorite vegetable emoji or favorite vegetarian dish. And if you have any recommendations for restaurants or eateries in your area that are accommodating to both plant and meat eaters, please also leave them in the comments so we can share with each other. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living Well with Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman, with my good friends Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, but you can catch on the same feed new episodes every Tuesday. 
You can follow ABG on IG at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U.